0: So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Today's incredible value-packed podcast episode is brought to you by my friends at Kez's Kitchen, a proud family-owned business that started in 1991 in Kez's Kitchen here in Australia. Today we're showcasing the Kez's Kitchen Brownie Bars, the perfect anytime snack made from natural ingredients. Available in three delicious flavors, these all-natural and protein-boost bars taste ridiculously good. The Kez's Kitchen Brownie Bars are available at all supermarkets in the health food aisle and kez's.com.au. That's kez's.com.au. Welcome to another podcast on Leanne Ward Nutrition. For any listeners who are new, my name is obviously Leanne Ward and I'm a registered nutritionist and dietitian and also a sports dietitian with a special interest in gut health, emotional eating, and weight loss for females. Today, instead of having an expert guest on the podcast, you guys are going to get me. I will be your expert and I'm addressing a topic that I get a ton of questions about and that is self-sabotage. I'm sure you guys have heard this word before, but let's start off with a quick definition. What is self-sabotage? So in terms of a noun, the sabotaging, whether consciously or subconsciously of oneself, when it's used as a verb, you could say something like to sabotage uh, oneself or one's own plans. And I like to think of like a real word example of self-sabotage, where I often think it's where one part of our personality acts in conflict with another part of our personality. So say, for example, we really want to eat healthy, but we're too tired to cook something. So we get on Uber Eats and order something instead. So it's often when we have that conflicted part of our personality where you really want to do something, but deep down this other desire or need tends to override your good intentions. So what are some other types of self-sabotage? Self-sabotage, you know, is procrastination? It's comfort eating. It's continuously quitting. Um, it's self medicating. It's making excuses. What else does it look like? It looks like um, blaming others when things go wrong. It looks like quitting something before you actually have a chance to complete it or fail. It looks like continuously putting things off or procrastinating, particularly important things, um, picking fights over little things, putting yourself down just for fun, um, fearing success or worrying about what other people might think of you, continuously telling yourself a negative story. That's a form of self-sabotage as well, or writing a lot of plans and writing a lot of to-do lists, but never actually implementing any of them. So. Guess what, guys, if you self-sabotage and if any of these things resonated with you, you are not alone and I am here to help. But please, can I first ask that you guys help me? If you have an iPhone, please go to the Purple Apple podcast app and leave me a positive rating or review. I've been giving you guys free podcasts for over two years now and a review takes less than a minute. So please pause this podcast and leave me one now. And if you don't have an iPhone, please, please borrow a friend or a family member's Apple podcast app on their iPhone, because it's the only way to leave me a review that actually influences the nutrition charts in Australia. And that means everything to me. It's the reason that I run a free podcast is just to know that I'm having that impact worldwide and of course within Australia. So now back to my 10 tips to help you guys conquer self-sabotage. Tip number one. It's to understand your patterns. Do you come home immediately after work and the first thing you do is open the fridge? Do you crave sugar after dinner every night? Does the movie night that the family has each week tend to always derail you? When you can link your behaviors to your patterns, it's easier to come up with alternative strategies over time. So take a pen and paper and write down some of the patterns that you see or you recognize in terms of you doing your own self sabotage. Now number 2 is an important one. The second tip I have for you guys to conquer self-sabotage is to understand your core needs and values. Because when your core needs and values aren't being met, you are far more likely to self-sabotage. Let me give you an example. If your core need or value is to be around people and to socialize and feel feel, you know, as part of a group, if the only friend you have go out drinking and partying um, and eating crappy food every weekend. If you don't have another friendship group, you're going to go out and you're going to do that. And despite your best intentions, you will probably end up drinking and eating crappy food with them because deep down your core need and value is to socialize and be in that friendship group. So if you can't meet that need, Despite you wanting to be healthy and saying, I'm not going to drink this weekend, I'm going to eat healthy when all of my friends order pizza, it's likely that you will just follow what your friends do because your core need and value is to fit in and be part of the crowd and have that strong connection to your friends. Let me give you another one. Um, If you're eating because you're super stressed, the core need or value that you need to fulfill is that need of self care. When you're not giving your body self care, when you're not acknowledging your emotions, your needs aren't being met. And so your brain is going to figure out a way to self sabotage you in order to meet those core needs and values. And a final one for you guys if you skip exercise because you're just tired all the time, it's because your body's not getting enough rest. Maybe because you're up scrolling Instagram at 11 pm, your core needle value is to feel well rested. When you're not getting that, your body will self sabotage any sort of plan or desire that you have to go out and exercise because it's tired and it's going to find an excuse, any type of excuse, even if it's I'll just put it off till tomorrow. Don't forget, putting things off constantly is a form of self sabotage as well. So, Again, get that pen and paper out, write down what your core needs and values are, and if you're not meeting them on a regular or a daily basis, you're far more likely to self-sabotage. Number three, tackle your inner mean girl or guy. Just be kind to yourself. So a lot of self-sabotage actually comes from fear. We feel like we're not good enough. And we, we fear that we're going to fail eventually. So some part of our brain's like, well, I may as well fail now. I may as well quit now before I do fail. So a lot of that inner mean girl or guy talk comes from the fact that it's fear-based. So if we can learn to, and I know this is totally like, cliche, but love ourselves enough to know that we don't need to be perfect, that we can stuff up, we can fail, we can make mistakes and that's okay. That stops a lot of that self-sabotage. Guys, we don't need to be perfect. We just need to aim for small bits of progress. So Again, this comes back to not comparing ourselves to other people because we're all unique and special in our own way and we don't have to do things the way that everybody else does things as well. So it really comes back to being in tune with your body, knowing that you're enough and knowing that failing is absolutely okay. If you look at the majority of you know quote unquote successful people in the world, they've failed more times than they can remember. And the reason that they're successful is because not only did they fail multiple times, they got up after everyone and kept trying again. So don't let that fear of failing be the thing that holds you back or the thing that makes you continuously self sabotage. And this might not just be with food. I see a lot of people, um, you know, friends, family, that sort of thing. In their relationships or their jobs, fearing failure, so they're not going out, they're not chasing alternative opportunities, going for that pay rise, leaving a crappy relationship because they fear that they're not good enough or they don't deserve what you know something better that might come their way. So really learn to tackle that you know inner mean girl inside you. Number 4 is to identify the root cause. So you don't self sabotage because you're weak. You don't self sabotage because you're a failure. It's just because you haven't understood these 10 steps or identified what the root cause is for you to you know your own pattern to self sabotage. So if you keep failing or self-sabotaging in terms of you being super tired after work, you know, you don't want to cook. So you go through like KFC drive through, sit down and think about that. If the reason that you're self-sabotaging is because you're too tired after work, do some meal prep on the weekend or order a healthy meal delivery service or do some Googling in terms of healthy um, alternative takeaway options around you. Or if you hit snooze a hundred times on your alarm in the morning when you should be getting up and going for a workout, maybe you're just not a morning person. Maybe you're like me and we're not morning people. You could perhaps plan a midday workout or go for an after work exercise session instead just because we think we should do something one way doesn't always mean it's the best way to do it. So sit down and identify what is the real reason that I keep self-sabotaging? Not because I'm weak, not because I don't want it badly enough, not because I'm a failure. It's because there's something else getting in the way. Perhaps my environment isn't matching up or perhaps my goals are a little bit unrealistic. Perhaps it's my partner, my work colleagues, my friends, maybe they're making it easier for us to self-sabotage. They're not the reason we self-sabotage. Girl, that's on you. That is entirely on you. Don't blame other people because again, that's a form of self-sabotage is blaming other people when things go wrong. So yes, it, it is you know easier for us to self-sabotage when we get that peer pressure or our work colleagues are offering around the cookie jar at work or whatever it might be, but your decisions and your behaviors are entirely on you. So identify that root cause and see if you can come up with other alternatives in order to stop you self-sabotaging. And that brings us to my tip number five, which is to aim for progress. So you guys know my mantra in this podcast is 10% better. You know, we're not going to beat ourselves up because if we aim for perfection, perfection doesn't exist. So we're just aiming to fail. We don't need to be perfect. We don't need to beat ourselves up when we aren't perfect. We just need to aim for that little bit of progress every single day. And a lot of self-sabotage is because we're either, you know, we're on the diet or we're off the diet. We're exercising five days a week or we're doing nothing at all. We're either um, cooking home cooking or we're ordering something crappy off Uber Eats. We don't have any of that, what I call like messy gray area in between. I'm all about that messy gray area. I want you guys to stop being so black and white and aiming for all, or nothing and actually find that nice gray area in between or it means that okay things might not be perfect but maybe we can just make this little bit of tiny progress that means that tomorrow we can make a little bit more progress and the next day a little bit more progress rather than when we aim for perfection we'll fall off the wagon eventually and then everything goes out the window and we've completely self-sabotaged so really it's that progress over perfection mantra that is so incredibly important here guys. Alrighty. We are up to tip number six to practice mindfulness. Now you guys have heard me talk about mindfulness on this podcast before and why it's so important in terms of self-sabotage. A lot of our self-sabotaging bad habits, they're hard to break because they're often automatic. We do these things without even really thinking about it. We come home from work, we drop our bag down, we're opening the pantry door before we've even had a, a second to think about what we're doing, or we've had a super stressful day, we're home, we've opened that wine bottle before we even make that conscious decision to do it. So mindfulness is about being present in the moment. And I want you guys to start off with practicing being mindful in really small everyday tasks. So when was the last time you actually remembered brushing your teeth or focus on every single tooth that you brushed? Or when you did the dishes, did you really be mindful? Were you looking at the color of the soap suds or the light reflecting off them or thinking about how warm the water was or how shiny the plates were when you were done? Often we're doing these mundane tasks day to day and we're off with the fairies. We're thinking about something else. It's very rare that we actually live in the present moment because too many of us are too worried thinking about the past or thinking about the future and we live in this constant state of panic and stress. So I really want you guys to think about how you can be mindful in little behaviors um, throughout the day, because the more mindful you are, the more you are present in that moment and the less these automatic self-sabotaging behaviors can happen. So we want you to really, with your meals and your snacks, never eat when you're distracted. Eat, you know, turn the TV off, don't scroll Facebook, you know, have a nice conversation with your household members or that sort of thing, but don't eat while you're distracted by social media or Netflix or anything like that because your brain hasn't had any time to recognize that you've had some food, therefore it doesn't really feel satisfied, therefore most people will go looking for more food after that meal. So I really want you guys to be mindful in as many moments as you can. And when you are making decisions about your health or about the goals you've set for yourself, consciously make those decisions because your future self will thank you for that. Don't just say, oh, I'm tired. I won't do it. Think about your future self. What are they going to think tomorrow? How are you going to feel if, you know, okay, your goal was to exercise and you're like, oh, I'm too tired. I will lie on the couch. What if you just got up and did 10 minutes and that was it? Your future self tomorrow will be like, man, I'm really glad I did 10 minutes. Nobody ever regrets a workout ever. Nobody ever regrets making a healthy meal for dinner. We don't have to do it perfectly. We don't have to do everything that we planned, we can just do that small 10% of it. And we're going to feel so much better the next day versus if we completely self-sabotage and do nothing, then we're going to feel that crap the next day because, you know, we, we bug it up and we didn't achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. So a lot of that comes back to mindfulness and what I call like future planning, thinking about how your future self is going to feel, not how you feel in this moment. There's a lot of in the moment behaviors are the automatic patterns that you've just done over and over and over again. So it's easy to do, but often they don't actually serve you. I'm interrupting this podcast for a healthy break to share with you today's podcast sponsor, my friends at Kez's Kitchen, a proud family owned business that started in 1991 in Kez's Kitchen here in Australia. Today, we're showcasing the Kez's Kitchen Brownie Bars, the perfect anytime snack made from natural ingredients, available in three delicious flavors, Choc Peppermint Crunch, fudgy chocolate and fudgy choc crunch. These all natural and protein boost bars taste ridiculously good and I can personally vouch for them. Kez's Kitchen is a brand that I have loved and recommended to my clients for many years as they're vegan, gluten-free, contain no artificial colors or preservatives, contain no refined sugar, and of course are all natural and Australian made with fruits and nuts. The Kez's Kitchen Brownie Bars are available at all supermarkets in the health food aisle and also at kez's.com.au. That's K E Z S.com.au. Now let's get back to our conversation. Drumroll, please, for tip number seven Set up your environment for success. So I once had a friend who was trying very hard to lose weight and she had a lolly jar on her kitchen bench. You guys can guess how it ended most days. So set up your environment for success. If your goal is to decrease your alcohol consumption and you have a wine fridge that's fully stocked, it's not really going to be helpful in the long term. Or if your goal is to stop eating sweets after dinner, but, um, you know, the lights on in the kitchen and it's super tempting, you know, go upstairs and brush your teeth, turn the light off, almost like close the kitchen for the night. That's a lot better. And that's you setting your environment up for success. If you want to exercise more, lay out your clothes the night before. So when you wake up, you're seeing those clothes or better yet, you know, guys, I've heard stories where People actually sleep in their workout gear. I personally can't do that, Um, but yeah, I've heard of other people doing that. So, you know, if you're struggling to stop eating junk food, only buy small portions of your favorite food. And instead of putting them right at the front of the pantry, so every time you open the pantry, there's a bag of potato chips or a block of chocolate staring at you, put those small portion treats into like a box and put them at the back of the pantry. They're still there. You can still eat them, but they're not in your face every time you're aimlessly and mindlessly opening that pantry. Door. So, we really want to set up our environment to be successful in terms of the goals that we've set ourselves. Tip number eight we're on the home stretch, guys. I want you to be aware and notice your triggers. One of my biggest triggers for self sabotage is lack of sleep because when I don't get enough sleep, I'm hungry. I'm irritable. I have decreased willpower throughout the day because I'm so you know making simple things like making decisions are so much harder for me because I'm I'm feeling tired. So by the time I get to the end of the day, I've used all my willpower. You know during the day trying to make all these decisions and um, whatnot, and so I get to the end of the day and I have you know I don't have a lot of willpower left. It's so much easier for me to self sabotage. Another trigger is social situations for a lot of people. It's that fear of missing out or that peer pressure. So again, if you can sit back. And notice what your triggers are, notice your patterns, notice what your values and beliefs are. All of these tips tie into each other, guys. Notice those triggers and think how can I do different in this moment? Or how can I um, get out of this moment without self sabotaging and actually following through on some of the goals that I set for myself? Another trigger for a lot of people is emotions. We don't manage our emotions, we let our emotions manage us. So I always say to my clients, Allow yourself to feel your feelings. Most of us run away from them. Most of us have no idea what we're feeling. We'd rather just eat or drink our feelings instead. So, when you stop and acknowledge your feelings every single day, you get a lot better at actually managing them. And you'll find that your self sabotage tends to decrease, and the amount of emotional eating you tend to do decreases as well if you're spending time every day working on your emotions and identifying those triggers as to why you self sabotage. Tip number nine, we're on to the second last one, guys. Get a support crew as your cheer squad. Tell your friends and family about your goals. I know you're probably scared. I know you've probably set these goals before and you've failed and you're like, I don't want to tell anyone because I'm, I'm bound to fail eventually. Remember, that's self-sabotage in itself. Tell your friends and families, get them to support you. There is absolutely no shame in asking for help. You know, often we use so much willpower during the day with stressful Jobs, looking after our kids, long commutes for work, by the time we actually get home and stumble through the door at night, we have barely any willpower left. If we have our partner or our kids or our friends or anyone like that who's there to support us and be a cheer squad for us, we are so much more likely to actually follow through with our goals and not self-sabotage. Accountability is everything. There's a reason that the only service that I offer as part of um, my whole nutrition and dietetic services services is health coaching. There's a reason for that because yes, I want to teach my clients the knowledge, but I also want to be there to support them and keep them accountable on a day-to-day basis. And that's what Link Up My Method is. It's a premium coaching program that keeps my clients accountable and supported on a daily basis because there is so much power in having your own cheer squad and accountability. So whether or not you're doing this journey with a friend, whether or not your partner's super fit, but you you have no idea where to start, ask for help. There is absolutely no shame in saying to someone, hey, I'm having a really hard time sticking to the goals that I set for myself. These goals are really important. I've been able to identify that X, Y, and Z is why in the past I haven't been able to follow through with these goals. I'm just wondering if you would help support me in this. And honestly, if there are true friend or family member, they will absolutely jump on board. I love nothing more than helping people, which is why I run a free podcast for you guys. I just want to help people. And chances are you do too. And other people want to help you. So get a support crew guys. I cannot stress how important having your own cheer squad to keep you accountable is. And my final point number 10 is to change your story. So your story is something that you tell yourself over and over. Maybe true, it may be not. And I'll give you an example. My story growing up was that I'm a big girl because when I was – Oh, I think probably like 14 or 15 years old. I've been six foot tall since I was like mid teens. I was the tallest kid in my entire primary school. And I grew up with everyone telling me I'm a big girl. Now, they didn't mean I was a really scrawny kid. They didn't mean I was overweight or fat or anything like that. They just meant that I was a tall kid. But I didn't know that. So I used to wear clothes that were four times my size, the biggest, baggiest clothes when I was, you know, I don't know. I didn't even know how much I weighed when I was 14 or 15. I was very tall and very slim, but I had this like warped perception of myself because the story I always told myself and that everyone told me was that I'm a big girl. So the best thing about this story is that you can change it. And I've absolutely changed my story now. If I'm going to say something about my height, it's that I'm a tall and graceful woman. It's not that I'm a big girl anymore. I don't tell myself that story anymore. And if anyone else tells me that story, I'm the first person to correct them. And then another story a lot of people say to themselves is something like, I'm addicted to sugar. And again, I used to say that story to myself. I used to think I can't buy that block of chocolate or that bag of candy because I'll eat it all. I'm addicted to sugar. I have no willpower. That is something that I used to tell myself over and over and over again. And I remember once I went to a business conference and it was funny because it was a business conference, but he ended up linking what he was talking about to essentially like what so many people think about nutrition. And he was talking about having a lack of energy and people saying that like, I'm addicted to sugar. And a lot of people will eat sugar to give them an energy hit, to give them a bit of a boost. So my story, I changed from I'm addicted to sugar to now I say to myself, I have an abundance of energy available to me at all times. So whenever I feel like I have a bit of a slump, I need a bit of a pick me up. Of course, if I'm hungry, I will eat naturally. If I'm hungry, I'll eat. But often there are times where I'm just craving sugar. I'm just having a little bit of an energy slump because maybe I didn't have a, um, a good night's sleep or maybe I've done a lot of work today and I'm like, oh, I just feel like a little bit of a pick me up. Instead of turning to a block of chocolate or a bag of lollies, I will actually just get up, jump up and down, move my you know hands up in the air in front of me and just repeat my mantra over and over. I have an abundance of energy available to me at all times. And this mantra, like your words are so powerful. It's incredible how I feel after just saying that four or five times to myself. A lot of people will say things like, I hate exercise. If you change your story from, I hate exercise, or I'm bad at exercise, or I'm a terrible runner, whatever that negative story you have of yourself is, flip that to a positive one. So say to yourself, exercise makes me feel so energetic, or running always makes me feel better afterwards. Instead of saying, I'm a terrible runner, or, I'm a bad runner, say, I love the feeling after I run. We want to change that negative story into a at least a neutral one, if not a positive one. And then you might always say, I always overeat. Instead of saying, I always overeat, I have no self-control around food, you could change your story to say, I eat mindfully until I'm satisfied and then I push my plate away. And the thing about your story is, the more times you say it, the more you'll believe it and the more that you will follow through with that and that will become your new behaviors and your new patterns and your new story. You'll embody that story. So create a story for yourself that is powerful and allows you to achieve your goals. It doesn't hold you back because of fear or because of self-sabotage. You have the power to write your own story and change your own story. And there is something incredible about that, guys. So there you have it, my top 10 proven tips to conquer self-sabotage. Now, these tips were only sort of the the tip of the iceberg. If self-sabotage is something that you really struggle with, I've created a life-changing course for you guys. At the start of this year, I launched my very first online course on self-sabotage and emotional eating. My course is 11 modules, 20 videos. It's able to be completed in two weekends, and it has practical worksheets to access. Um, so you can actually, what you're watching and learning, you can practically apply it to your own life. Um, and it's also got lifetime access to the online coaching, um, to the online program as well. So if you thought this podcast was great, I'm about to rock your world with my new course. If you are sick and tired of having no willpower, being controlled by your emotions, throwing in the towel every weekend, and having to restart every Monday, learn how to overcome self-sabotage, conquer emotional eating, and heal your relationship with food once and for all. Let's stop dieting this year, guys, and actually start living. If you complete my course on self-sabotage and emotional eating, it will help you to overcome self-sabotage by teaching you what it is, why we do it, and how to change your behaviors. It will help you to conquer emotional eating by managing your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors on a daily basis. And it will ensure that you take daily action by ditching perfectionism, rigid dieting, and the old stories that you tell yourself over and over. Guys, you cannot Hope to lose weight and actually maintain it long term if you don't start by changing your mindset and behaviors around food first. We know what healthy is, we know what to do. If you constantly self sabotage, you need help with the psychology and the behaviors behind eating, not just the knowledge around nutrition. So stop throwing money into fad diets and challenges where you just regain the weight after it finishes anyway, and actually start investing in a sustainable future for yourself. So my course is for anybody that procrastinates, comfort eats, continuously quits, or is never able to actually achieve their goals. My course would suit anyone who feels guilty about food, overeats, eats until they feel sick, yo-yo diets, or anyone who has no willpower. My very first online course is designed to help you live your best life day in and day out. It's normally $349 Australian dollars, but I have a very special offer just for my podcast listeners today. I'm offering it for only $149 Australian dollars if you use the discount code Podcast. One word, and I'll pop it in the show notes as well, and I'll put a link to my self-sabotage and emotional eating course if you guys would like to check it out hope that you enjoyed this podcast and self-sabotage today. And please, if you have the purple Apple podcast app, please leave me a positive rating and let me know how much you're enjoying my podcast. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.